Thank you for downloading this podcast from Awakening Church. They, they paved the way for us, guys. What we experience now, the hunger and the passion, they paved the way for us. And I say this all the time. I say it behind his back to anybody I can talk to. They don't make them like this man anymore. He's one of a kind. He loves people. He loves the Lord. I don't know that I get off the phone with him, that he doesn't tell me, Ryan, you got to pray. You got to pray. And he's instilled that in me. And so it's just an honor today to have Reverend D.D. Bain with us. And uh, I want him to come and just have his liberty, just do what he does. So would you let him know that we welcome him to Awakening today? Thank you so much. (laughs) And what a joy to have this privilege to be here today. I don't get to run and travel all that much these days, (laughs) but my son steps in and he helps me do a little running. (laughs) So I'm on the go from one to the other today. I have a son out in St. Louis and we, Thursday we began, but we didn't, we went to the other side of Virginia and came this far back. <laughs> but we had some reason to go that way, really. My wife had one sister left when she left, and she's getting old in the nursing home now, so we had the chance to go by the by means of a sundial. <laughs> and start with her over on the East Coast about it. And over in Ashland, we have folks, because that's where my wife came from. (laughs) And so we got to see some more kin over in Ashland. But I'm so glad to be here today. And we'd been here uh, yesterday and a little running around See Sister Shirley, that's Brother Ryan's grandmother. And I want to tell you, I call her the, she's the champion of Louisville. (laughs) Champion in what? Being a real, a real mother. (laughs) I pastored this lady, and those children were real small. Some of them at least, and some of them were grown. (laughs) But I want to tell you what, folks. When Sunday came, she had those children right with her. Not only the small children, but all the rest of them (laughs) for a great long time. Till they married and kind of got scattered, some of them. Some of them was already married and still with mother in church. I tell you, she's been a blessing to me. I honor her so greatly today. And it's so good to see Brother David Mullins. I haven't seen this fellow in a good while. <laughs> but it's so good to see every one of you. If I, if I have been able to be with you somewhere before, I'm so glad to be here today with you again. My, what a day. We're living in a strange world. We've never faced what we're having to face this morning. If we ever needed the power of prayer, we need it today. (laughs) I believe God's still there. He hasn't changed. He said, I changed not. 
I'm God and I change not. So he'll be there if you need him. (laughs) He's been so great to me. I well remember uh, while I was pastoring, I had to give it up, go to the hospital. After weeks examining me, and I say running me through the meals, the doctor came over to my bedside and he said, Sorry, sir, you have cancer. And uh, I didn't know hardly how to accept that kind of an announcement. But I told my wife, we still have God. (laughs) He's still with us, and we'll depend on his help, and we'll make it. I'm so glad to know him today. So they took me and operated some, but I suffered with that mess for three years. I didn't know hardly what to do, but I kept trying to beat it and overcome it and go on. But three years I suffered with that. It bothered me. I tell you, I prayed, I prayed, and prayed. And one night I had had such a day, I thought, well, Lord, I can't stand another day like this. I just can't stand another day like this. And I told the Lord before I lay down in the bed, God, I refuse this thing in my body another day. It had tormented me long enough. (laughs) And I told God I refuse that thing in this body another day. And when I got up the next morning, I want you to know heaven had visited my bedroom. (laughs) And that's been 35 years ago, and I haven't had a touch, not a dareful touch. (laughs) I have had nothing like that anymore. I want to tell you, I've got to make it now. (laughs) The rest of the way, I love him today, don't you? I love God for his goodness. Hallelujah. Been trying to please him, do what I can. Don't get a lot of calls to preach today. Somebody said, well, if you tell somebody you're retired, well, then nobody's going to call you to preach. <laughs> but I got to preach. And the Lord knows I love him today, and it's so good to be here, and I thank you, Ryan. God bless you. And these children have just slipped plumb out from under me almost. <laughs> and it's amazing to look at them today. I don't get to be with them a lot, but I'm always so glad to see him. God is so good, and I love him today, and it's such good uh, such a privilege to be here with you. I know God still loves Louisville <laughs> and all of our churches. God bless you today. I hope God will bless you. And I know he has or you wouldn't have been this far. <laughs> In fact, we uh, were privileged to be in the first service I think you had in this building, and so good to see you today. The light's a little dim, but I believe I can make it, brother. (laughs) Hallelujah. My son spent a lot of time in the military since he got out, and... I spent mine earlier, World War II, went through every step of the way from Normandy to Berlin. Had to see an awful lot of men die. 
It wasn't fun going through that mess for 10 straight months. I was granted last couple of years ago now, I believe. Anyway, the country of France gave me their highest honor award. I thought it was real nice of those people that had to go over to Atlanta with four, five, or six more men that they were honoring with that honor award. And I did appreciate that. God's been good to us, and and he knows how to keep us, but we're still in a war some kind about all the time. God help us. I love the Lord, and I'm so glad to be here with you. What a precious privilege we have yet to tell somebody there's a God somewhere. He has the power. He still knows how. Sometimes we wonder what next for our great country that I love so much and appreciate. It's been so precious, and I've been so glad of it. I want to tell you, God's been dealing with my heart. I don't get to preach a lot often. I believe Brother Ryan mentioned, let me just tell you this, and I'll go preaching. <laughs> I pastored my first church 68 years ago. Went there to pastor. And there was a young man there with his guitar and great singer. He'd come down from another church there, pretty close, and wanted me to take him in our church. He wanted to get in our church. So I took him in the church 68 years ago. Last year, their church got blown plumb away. I mean, it that storm just took it and a large Baptist church across the road that took, took both those churches just blew them away. So they've been building now for a while and got the sanctuary pretty well finished inside, and they wanted me to come and preach the first revival in that new sanctuary. So when I got there, there's my blessed buddy that 68 years ago, I took him in the church. He's still there, that old guitar picking and singing. <laughs> I thought that, Lord, that's so great to see that blessed man. 68 years, he's still here. Singing for Jesus, and that, of course, thrilled my soul. I want you to notice something that God's been dealing with me about. He's still God, folks. You remember in the Old Testament, we had to take an animal with us and go to the altar and offer that animal. That wasn't pleasant, I'm sure. I've often thought about it so much. How would we like to have to get an animal when we go to worship God and sacrifice that animal? We don't have to do that today. And there is a burden on my heart. We're living in a world that has forsaken God, greatly forsaken our Father that has given us such wonderful and precious country to make our homes and raise our children in. And I, I want you to know I love our country so much. But I thought about what these folks did was so different to what we have to do today and enjoy the blessings of a heavenly Father that got tired of it, said, I'm going to do away with it, I'm going to change this situation. They had to come every year, bring an animal, and make provisions for sinful nations, sinful hearts, 
but it didn't work long. It seems to be a way of too many today. They couldn't make it long. It didn't do the job. But I want you to notice I'll hurry. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never, with those sacrifices which they offered year by year, continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshipers were once who were once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. I have wondered so much about where we are today. And here was God's law. They must go take the animal with them, sacrifice the animal, pray whatever they did, but couldn't make it seem like another year. Couldn't serve the Lord that long. I'm so glad that I've been serving him a while. <laughs> and I, am, I love him this day for what I know about God. He knows how, but he said, I'm going to change this thing. And I've wondered, here is why I say this. I've wondered if there wasn't a point somewhere in that worship, in that worship that those folks had to do back then. Where are we today? What is the church saying to this ungodly world? What can they look at upon us and say, there's where I need to be? I want to tell you, my friend, I believe that God still is God. Still God. Now think about my Savior and all that he had to bear and endure unto the end. Surely he loves us this morning. Surely he wants you and I to do our best for him. He is a God that loves us and will cleanse us, make us ready. I look at that fire belching up over there in Hawaii lately. Have you ever looked at it? And under this earth is a fire, my friend. And too many are going to have to go there. I'm so glad that my Savior was ready to even give his life to lift us up above. And we would not have to go to that awful, eternal place. Think about it. Been a million years down there, and you wouldn't be started then. We can't make it. We can't go that way. Hallelujah. Notice the Lord. Just before he got away from us, he did all he could do, looked like, and uh, invited or persuaded all he could get to go in that upper room, wherever that was. He did what he could do, telling folks about Go there, go there, but don't come down until God blesses you with his promise. Stay there, don't come down until God gives you the promise, hallelujah. And then, before they knew it almost, he left them and went home. Thank God for the message he left. If I go away, I will come again 
and I'm looking for him, my friend, any day right now. We cannot expect to go any further. If he wants to come today, I believe he can be here. But he got those blessed people into the upper room for a purpose. Go there. Get up there. Don't come down until you have received the promise of the Father. He's a mighty God today. And he knows how to help us in the time we need him most. Hallelujah. Go, stay, wait until you have received the promise of the Father. I want to tell you, it wasn't long after he left until those folks in that upper room thought it had come a storm, I guess. <laughs> the Bible said the power of God came in like a storm, like a great and mighty wind. Hallelujah. They were well aware that God had spoke to this old world and said, I will keep my promise. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that is for sure. The noise you hear is not just the wind. It is the God that we serve. It's the God of power and the God that lifts us out of the gutter into the glorious liberty of the living God. Hallelujah. He has been God and he's still God. He will keep on being God and he will bless you if you want him. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is time for the church to have a revival like we never had revival. Too many are going to go down but there is a God somewhere that still loves us in this very hour, hallelujah. He's ready to take us and bless us and fill our soul with the glory of the heavenly instead of this whole world. Yes, sir. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, He's still alive. Lord, Came as he promised. <laughs> Ten days they were in that room. And I don't know, <laughs> the Bible doesn't tell us too much about what went on in that room. But you know one thing, you know really what happened. After 10 days. But God was still working. We're told, and it's true, I know, <laughs> that on the last day of that stay in that upper room, they came out different people <laughs> in a different manner. Hallelujah. So we know another thing. God said he would not dwell in an unclean temple. So, after about 10 days up there visiting with the Holy Ghost, whatever work he did, the first thing he was, I'm sure, was to get them to believe the truth. Because they had not been in one mind and one accord. But after 10 days, spending 10 days with the Holy Ghost in the upper room, here they came out, and my, something's happened. <laughs> God said the Holy Ghost would come. And friends, if we ever needed his power, this is what we're lacking in the church much power to let the devil know we're still in business for a heavenly king that's still on the throne. He's ready to help us. He's ready to bind every devil, loose every fetter, and let us have victory in today's world. Yeah. 
He does for me. I want to tell you, he's still so precious in my life. I'm so glad that 70 years now, it's been glory in my soul. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. We know that Jesus said he would not, or the Holy Ghost would not dwell in an unclean temple. He wouldn't come in an unclean temple. Well, you see, old Peter, when he went up there, he was a rough fella. <laughs> didn't mind, he didn't bother, didn't mind him to curse a little and even deny the Lord that he'd been ministering with and working for. <laughs> but he was there. And this is my opinion. Thank God. Christ had given it all. His blood had been spilt or given. In my opinion, that Jesus, or excuse me, the Holy Ghost, that had worked for 10 days with these folks trying to get them to agree and get them in the right place where everybody believed what he's talking about. <laughs> I believe, friends, that the Holy Ghost took the shed blood, fresh shed blood of my Savior Jesus Christ while in that upper room, and he sanctified every one of those folks. 100% of those that came out of there speaking in a heavenly language, and the devil couldn't stop it. <laughs> They came out a cleansed, a sanctified, holy, and ready to go for Jesus, ready to work for God, and the mighty hand of the Lord was there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Another thing about God and his work, he had representatives from every nation under heaven. Think about it. On the day of Pentecost, he had all of that group of people in Jerusalem. I, I'm not a criticizing Jimmy Swaggart, I, but one thing I haven't been able to agree, it's been 45 days or more now since the cross since Jesus gave himself on the cross, when the Holy Ghost brought all those people out of the upper room. <laughs> God wanted this world to see, Brian, every, every one of them were there from every nation under heaven to see something God wanted them to take back to their home and have revival. God sent the Holy Spirit and he sanctified those folks, even old Peter. He loved the Lord so much after that he had to give his own life. God had all this bunch from ever nation under heaven in Jerusalem on that one day to see something that they know was not right, not themselves, in other words, not man-made. It was the God of this universe. Thank God that has now, through the obedience of his own son, gave his own life that he would sanctify men with that shed blood and let us have the purity of a heavenly father. Glory be to God. And let those folks see that God was in the midst. He wanted them to take home something they could declare 
as being under God and for God and through God and have a revival and start this thing to going from one side of the earth to the other. I want to tell you, friend, we need a revival today of that wonderful Holy Ghost power that came down on the day of Pentecost and showed the world that God's still alive. We may have to act a little different. We might have to pray a little more. We might have to act peculiar in the eyes of this world. I want to tell you, we need something to change what men are seeing today. Oh, God, help us. <laughs> when they came out of that room, the Holy Ghost and leadership bringing all that bunch with them. What means this? What means that there's something going on? really unreal to this old world. Something going on. Every one of those people, Gordon, came out speaking in a heavenly language. Thank God for that mighty power of obedience to God. It will bring mighty, mighty power from the glory world. We need it today, church. We need it as never before. Thank God for Jesus. He's still healing the sick. Yes, sir, he <laughs> He's had to touch me so much lately, and I know he does it, and I have to give him praise. But I'm still glorifying the God that saved us all. It's been so real and so mighty. He's even healed my body. And I know today that my soul, is anchored in the rock of ages and I'm on my way to glory. When this happened, here comes those folks out of the upper room sanctified, baptized with the Holy Ghost in fire. Oh, thank God. It's real, folks. Hallelujah. We had a dear brother in our church, that is our um, the church of God I'm talking about. I guess I think I'm at home, honey. <laughs> but forgive me. <laughs> anyway, the church set up a tent. Again, revival over in Cleveland, Tennessee. The power of God was drawing folks from every direction. There was a carnival came in town, set up across the street from the tent. Stayed there one day, it had no business. <laughs> took up and left. After one day with no business, took the machinery all away. <laughs> and that old boy was the choir director up at the Baptist church. They were having revival coming from everywhere and the power of God was falling and the move of God was on. This old boy said he wanted to go down and see what in the world going on under that tent. He went in and sat down on the back seat, but when God got in there and the altar call was given, he said, I've got to have this. <laughs> he went down the aisle on his way to the altar and he fell about halfway down the aisle under the power of another power, a power from a heavenly throne. Three o'clock in the morning, he's still lying in the aisle. <laughs> he had a sister that got so worried about him. She called the brother, called the, her doctor. She worried about that brother that couldn't get up out of the aisle at three o'clock in the morning. She got the doctor down there. He went over the situation and looked over that young man. Got up and he said, 
the best case of religion I ever saw. <laughs> that was his diagnosis. The best case of religion I ever saw. You see, friend, God gives us things once in a while. It will stir us up. It will move us. It will help us to put our trust in the living God. Hallelujah, friend. We don't know how much, Father, that God's going to allow this nation of ours to try to travel in its condition right now. What's going to happen? The Son of God's going to call every Christian out of here and take us all home, and, and he's coming soon. We cannot deny it. He's coming. Oh, he told me that so many times. And I believe it today. Hallelujah. He's still. That old brother at 3 o'clock in the morning wasn't interested in getting up and going home yet. They said about sunup, he came up speaking in a heavenly language. <laughs> came up speaking in a heavenly language. Had an old father out in the country there that was a Methodist minister, and he, he said, I've got to go tell Dad. Got to tell Dad about this. God got a hold of him, got him out of the altar, brought him forward. But he said, I've got to go tell Dad about this. I want to tell you, friend, there's something that will awake us if we hold on to the hand of an almighty God that made this happen in days gone by. I'm going to tell you that it's still real if we want it. <laughs> that old brother had to go tell daddy out in the country. And said he began to try to talk to dad a little, sitting on the steps. And he couldn't talk to dad without going into the heavenly language. Just kept talking. Said his father had a big pile of watermelons outside, out there close. He went and got a big watermelon. <laughs> Said, son, here's your piece of watermelon. Maybe this will help you. <laughs> he said, Daddy, this is better than watermelon. <laughs> I tell you, I found it better than watermelon. <laughs> I'm so glad I found the joy. When trouble comes, he'll turn it into joy. He'll make things happen. Hallelujah. He'll bring you to the knowledge of a living God somewhere. Hallelujah. And I love him today for all he is. I know he's real today. Praise the Lord. First Peter chapter 3. I mean chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed. Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a living hope. Thank God. How? Through the resurrection of Christ unto a living hope. A living hope. Thank God. He said, it is reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of the living God. Oh, it's waiting. Maybe we must make it. We must make it. God is still a God of power. Power. I love his power. And I know he's real. And I know this is better than world and all of it. Here's my question. I thought of it so much. There must have been something in that exit from that upper room that says to this old world, take a look at it. You can't help but know it's of God. I believe it was that rather than to Use the cross. I know the cross there. A dead piece of lumber, a dead tree. It's there and it served that purpose and it was terrible to think about my master and your savior. 
having to give his life on one of them. But I want you to know here God got people where they could see and ask, where they could look for something real. <laughs> the cross was 45 days back. But anyway, here's something to take home with you. I believe God's asking the church today to do your best. Open your heart. Let him in. Let him come down. Let the world say what they will. They're going to believe not many of them anyway, but there's a God somewhere this morning that's ready to help us through this awful condition our world is in. You just listen to crying people. They're hurting. They need God. Dear lady came to me the, just the other day. Oh, she, her and her daughter is suffering. She had, her daughter has a 19-year-old, and they're hauling him off every weekend. They can get him at all. The big parties. These big parties they're having in every direction, evidently, because it's wild. The devil has done a job through our Supreme Court. An awful job to this great nation when they push their illegal law out to you, telling you you can marry what you want to. I guess a pig would be all right with them. But it's against my God. It's defying the God that saved me out of sin and brought me to the glory and the mighty desire to live for him and walk with him and enjoy the Lord. Thank God. I don't want that, but I love my Jesus. He's ready. He's willing. He's able to give us victory, brother. In this time, this world must see God in our lives if we're going to win somebody to Jesus. Let's obey him. Hallelujah. He suffered too much to let him down. Oh, God, help us. <laughs> One year I was here, I was a state evangelist in Kentucky. And I was preaching revival back down in the mountains. Came in church this night and I noticed in the worship services there was a young man I mean, he's not too old. He had a teenage boy sit. They sit right on the front under where I was preaching. And every night I could tell they were very devoted to God. Came into the church. He pulled me over to the side that night. He said, I've got to tell you this. I was in the Army. He said he was in the Army, a drill sergeant in the Army. And he took cancer. They had took him here and there and everywhere, I guess, they wanted to, but he said they had done so much, I don't know what all. But he had come to the point they sent him home to die. Told him he had six months to live. That's all he had, they sent him home from the Army. And he had prayed some. He'd, uh, he knew a little bit, I guess, about the church or somebody that knows how to pray, but he had suffered an awful lot, he told me, and he was lying on his bed one night, just wondering what next, maybe, because he didn't have too far to go to leave, according to the medical world. And he looked up, he said, from his bed, and said, God, I want what my mother had. I want what my mother had. And he said it was just suddenly, he said that something came over me and released every fear. And he said it was never, he'd never experienced anything like it. But he said I was saved right there. God saved him. But it didn't heal him of his cancer there. 
But it said on later, he was still lying on the bed, looking up, thinking, I guess, about God, surely thankful what God had done. But he said he looked up again and said, God, if you can save me this good, you can heal my body. Hallelujah. If you can save me this good, I want you to know it's so good. <laughs> if you can save me this good, you can heal my body. This is what he told me. He said, I lay there a few moments and said that something came over me. It was just like he said, somebody take a six-inch piece of adhesive tape, long piece, and just ripped it right off of his stomach, he said. Just like somebody put, ripped a six-inch wide piece of tape right off his stomach. And he said, it's never been back yet. No cancer. Hallelujah. He's still alive, church. He's able to help us. I love him today, don't you? Oh, glory be to God. Notice one thing in reading a little in the Ephesians to Paul, writing to the Ephesian people. They had, of course, like everybody else, a lot of problems. But Paul was trying to tell them just what God could do. They were, I guess, feeling their maybe defeat sometimes and couldn't get the victory through. But old Paul, he reminded them of where they had come to and what God had done for them. And now he said, but God, but God. Friends, if we know God, he's the one we're serving. If you know God, that's really the only one we pray for, too, I mean. <laughs> Let us go to God knowing that he's still alive on the throne, ready to help us and bind every devil, every demon, what comes or goes, for the power of the living God is still real. He is alive today, church. He is alive today. But God, God's got it in his hand. He knows what you need. He knows how we need him. And he knows what to do every time we need him. Hallelujah. God knows I love him today. And I don't know what you might see in this tonight, but this is what God's laid on my heart. We still got to have God if we make it. We got to have God if we make it. No other way will we ever make it safely out of this world if we don't put our trust in the living God. Let the Savior know. Thank God that we depend on his name. He's at home now. The Bible said he was through. My, his work was finished. I don't know what he might be doing. He's there with God. But he did say, if you need something, go and ask God. Ask God. He's the one in my name. <laughs> Glory. Use my name on the devil. He knows it. <laughs> Oh, thank God. Don't you love him today? He is a loving father. He loves us. He's been so good to me. Thank God. He's the healer. My old father, for about two years, I guess, right, two years, about it, he had an old cancer on the side of his face. Just a big old sore, big one. Everybody see it and look at it, they'd tell him, well, it's going to eat your face off. Doctors had a fit. <laughs> he had some 
friends that were doctors. He was a truck farmer, and they came to his house and bought vegetables. Oh, they have fit when they seen his face. He just say, well, the Lord will take care of it. Maybe the Lord will take care of it, and he just went on with it. Everybody was so worried about him because he didn't do something about having that took off of his face. And after a long time, he had wore that thing there, very visible to anybody that looked at him. <laughs> but one day, that thing fell right off of his face. Didn't leave a scar. And everybody looked then for sure. <laughs> everybody looked then. They couldn't believe what they'd seen when they saw my father again. But I, I used to hear him get away from the house over in the woods. You could hear him praying a mile every day, just about every day. But anyway, he knew what God was. And I want to tell you, church, this morning, let's hold on to God. Let's hold on to God, friend. He's the only one that's going to get us through this mess and be all right. I want him. I want by his side. I love him. I appreciate what God has done, and I appreciate you this morning that may be listening to me wrestle around here with this, but I want to tell you there's a God somewhere that's going to call on us one day to make some kind of decision or come with him. I want to go with him. <laughs> I'm looking forward to going with him. Thank God. God bless your heart. I love him, and I know about time to eat, but I, I just love you. <laughs> I appreciate you, and I know Ryan does, and I appreciate all of God's children, and we can't just let that devil rule us. we got to have God. We can trust in him and put our faith. We may have to go to God, but take the name of Jesus with you, and he's promised to be there. <laughs> he's promised to be there to help us all. God bless you, brother. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast from Awakening Church. You can find us at 1725 Research Drive in Louisville, Kentucky, or online at awakeningky.com.